gather around the lamp and Aston Villa podcast. If at first you don't succeed, come back next year and try again. Aston Villa celebrates the pleasure of promotion to the Premier League. Well, as soon as Jack Grealish was made captain, the script was written. Him lifting the Championship trophy, getting his boyhood club to the Premier League. He will always be Aston Villa's Jack Grealish. Hello and welcome to episode 43 of the Gather Around the Lamp podcast, brought to you by Under a Gaslit Lamp. Today we're joined in very odd circumstances by Mark Jarobi and Harry Trend. As always, I'm your host, Regan. You can find me on Twitter, at FindFoy. If the guys, you'd like to introduce yourselves, obviously people are probably very aware of who you are by now, but... Uh, yeah, it's Mark Terebi here. You can find me on Twitter at VillamarkPGH. Go ahead, Heron, and introduce yourself. Uh, yeah, it's Harry Trend here. You can find me on Twitter at Hazardrand. Uh, very excited to be recording with you boys again. Yeah, you might have heard Harry on the on the previous podcast that we released. Um, we're going to be drive, uh, diving, not driving, into the decision today to dispend football until after April uh, the coronavirus pandemic and how all, we've all been individually dealing with it, what it all means for the game of football, society, Aston Villa and much more. But first, we'd like to extend our deepest and most sincere condolences to the family and friends of Peter Whittingham. Peter passed away today, or at least sometime this week, at age 35, after an incident at a pub on March 7th. It was an accident, we were led to believe it was an accidental fall. Uh, Peter represented Aston Villa through the Youth Academy and for the first team from 2003 to 2007 before moving on to Cardiff City, spending a decade and becoming a club legend there. Now, Harry, I know I know uh, you at least spent a lot of your time in Cardiff. I don't know if you still live there now, yeah. but you know, what, what's the kind of general feeling around Cardiff at the moment or, or you know, people that you know around uh, Peter Whittingham? Uh well, yeah, obviously just general sadness, really, you know. Uh, you know, I'm from Cardiff. Lots of my, lots of my good friends are Cardiff fans. And um, for them, he's, he's, he's the guy. He's the player that they, they grew up watching, you know. He was, he was with them for, I think, over... Uh, I think it was 10 years he, he was with them in total. And he was just a hero to, to so many. Um, really sad... Uh, and what a player as well, you know. You, you didn't see, we didn't get to see much of him at Villa. Uh, I think we saw, you know, a couple of, couple of uh, glints here and there. But for Cardiff, he was an absolute baller, you know. Uh, took took the championship by the horns. Absolute sweet left foot. Um, Wood scored. I think it was like 20, 20, 20 plus goals in, in the uh, two thousand nine ten season. So yeah, uh, Cardiff legend. Remembered fondly at Villa, uh, remembered fondly at Derby as well, I think. And yeah, re- really sad. It, 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 it does feel at the minute like we're we're, we're losing quite a few a few Villa players. Um, but yeah. And what do you remember of him, Mark? Uh, for me, this was just a little bit before my time as being a Villa fan, but I do know through my, I mean, I, I get, I get really, really bored sometimes to just look at some of the, some of the history of the club and some of the players. I try to find as many videos as I can, much statistics as I can. So for me, from what I've looked on, uh, the thing that strikes me the most about winning him is that he was just so well revered within the room. And even though he didn't have, uh, you know, a long tenure time at Aston Villa as far as first team action, he seems to be very well respected and seems to have a lot of friends that came out of that dressing room and staff and 
and things of that nature. So, I mean, it's always sad to hear something like this happen, especially somebody so young. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's just, it's ab- absolute, you know, craziness as, as far as him passing away so young to me. And, you know, he'll, he'll definitely be someone who, who's revered and definitely someone who's going to be missed. Absolutely. Yeah. Can I just add on the Whittingham thing, Regan? Um, you know, all the things I've seen off, off Twitter and stuff, I haven't heard one bad word about him. Um, which is kind of a testament to, uh, I'm sure, the kind of character he was. Yeah, 100%. Um, Of course, we do need to address the proverbial elephant in the room in regards to the coronavirus pandemic that's currently sweeping its way around the globe at the moment. Um, Obviously, we hope this podcast finds you safe and healthy. Um, If you're not, hopefully you're uh, you're quarantined away for several or, you know... uh, I don't know. I don't know another word for fourteen, so I'm just going to say fourteen days. Um, <laughs> and yeah, hopefully this this brings a bit of content to to, to brighten up the boredom. If you are uh, you know self isolating or anything like that. Um, in football terms, you know, it, it, it all seemed to go south once Arsenal head coach Mikel Arteta tested positive for the virus. I'm going to pose this question to both of you guys. What do you make of this not necessarily being taken seriously until, like, you know, a notable head coach and then obviously um, a player in Callum Hudson Odoi had been uh, tested positive for the virus? You know, what does this say about the FA's care for its players? Or, or is is this an argument that's perhaps overblown a little bit? Uh, for me, I, I think that they didn't think it was a very serious thing until a coach got it. And I don't know if that signals towards the FA not quote unquote, not caring for its players. Or I don't know if this was kind of like a wake up call, like, Hey, yeah, this isn't discriminate. This isn't going to pick and choose who it's going to affect. Um, so that this now becomes a serious issue once it actually hits the head coach, because then the head coach is always around the players. The players go home to their families, their families go out in public to go shopping or whatever they do during their day. So I think at that point in time, it started, the, the pieces started to fall in the place of like, Hey guys, we got to do something about this and we got to do something about this now. Um, again, this is, this is going to be a very, very, very opinionated, you know, pod a little bit with, you know, some of the talking points we're talking about. But for me, necessarily, I think the Arteta being tested positive for the coronavirus, I think that immediately just lit the match and just said, okay, now now we have to take serious, serious things into it. How, how do you feel about it, Harry? Um, yeah, it, it did seem to escalate kind of really quickly. Um, and now it kind of poses the question, you know, what, what do we do with the rest of the season? Do we avoid it? Do we carry on whenever this uh kind of epidemic ends but then again no one knows where it's going to be so yeah i think that's the kind of main thing to consider um yeah Regan, what's what's your thoughts about how the season should kind of play out i mean i mean first and foremost it, it seems like it's it's kind of slowed time down a bit at the moment you know it's only just over a week since the uh, arsenal and manchester city fixture was called off um but it seems like so much has happened and, you know, so many conversations have been had, especially like, you know, with, with myself and my colleagues at work about football. Um, the, the, you know, the, the people that I share an office with are Wolves fans and they don't want the season to end as it is because of, of them being potentially on the cusp of, of, you know, European football again. Um, and then in our case, we're, we're sat in the relegation zone and, you know, the argue that every Villa fan will have is that that it should, you know, give Liverpool the title, promote Baggies and Leeds, um, and and then we should deal with it that way. But as it stands, you know, the the, the FA, the Premier League, and the EFL, and the Women's Professional Game together with the PFA and LMA, 
uh, announced today actually that you know professional football in England will be postponed until April 30th at the earliest um, and to me I don't think I don't think the game's going to restart at that point I think it'll be too early but honestly I don't know what they can do to make it fair on on everyone you know if there's even a hint of unfairness the 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 FA, the Premier League, are going to be sued for everything they're worth. Yeah, and I think that has a lot to do with it, too, is the legal ramifications people really aren't thinking about. They're just thinking about, hey, I want normalcy back. I want my life back. I want to do the things that I enjoy doing. Um, you know, and that, that all comes at a, at a cost, as, as we see right now. Um, I, I don't think that the games, I, I don't think that April comes and goes. I don't think April 30th passes and all of a sudden we're, we're kicking balls off and we have fixtures up and down the country again. Again, this is, this is just my opinion on it, but like, I, I, I think this is kind of a band aid over a gunshot wound at this point in time. I think they had to release a statement. They had to give people at least a little bit of glimmer of hope for something that is such a big part of the culture over in England. Um, so for me, I think that th- this is, uh, you're talking very, very, very baby steps to even think about getting a season continuance or on the flip side of canceling the season. They're going to push this thing as far back as they possibly can until they come up with a solution that, 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 that it may not be beneficial for everybody. There's going to be people that get left out in the cold in these decision-making processes, but I don't think that April 30 is going to be the cutoff date. Harry, are you, are you thinking that maybe, you know, we, we turn around and shortly after April we get games rolling on, or what do you think about it? Um, I think I'm, I'm on there with you, Mark. I think April's too quick a turnaround, you know. Um, at this rate, I mean, getting into politics and all that kind of thing, it, it's apparently going to peak in May, this, this virus, so that's certainly not enough time. Um, but yeah, like you said, I mean, it's, I think it's just about finding the least unfair way to do it rather than finding the fairest way, because obviously any route you take is going to kind of have some burden on some team, whether it be at the top or the bottom. Um, but yeah, I was just going to as well bring it back to the last time a season got postponed, which was, uh, 1939, uh, 1940. I have done my research on this, uh, for the second world war. Um, and that season was actually postponed, uh, was actually voided, but that was only after three games. And obviously, uh, we're 28, 29 games deep into the season now. Um, so, yeah, I mean, there's there's been talk of like average points, which doesn't really bear much weight because it depends on every team playing a side of equal toughness. So that doesn't really work. Um, I think, personally, I can't see it carry on. And I think... The league, the league might have to be voided, but uh, goals and appearances and that might still stand. It's, it's a hard, it's a really hard one to get your head round. I think because you know the, the, this kind of thing hasn't really happened before. Um, yeah, what what are your thoughts, Regan? Um, I, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna read out the the statement that was released today um, by the FA and Premier League. Um, just in case anyone's missed it. Um, They said, We have collectively supported UEFA in postponing Euro 2020. Obviously, that has been postponed until uh, until next summer. Um, To create space in the calendar to ensure domestic and European club, league and cup matches have an increased opportunity to be played and in doing so, maintain the integrity of each competition. The FA's rules and regulations state that the season shall terminate not later than the 1st of June and each competition shall, within the limit laid down by the FA, determine the length of its own playing season. 
However, the FA's board has agreed for this limit to be extended indefinitely for the 2019-20 season in relation to the professional football. Additionally, we have collectively agreed that the professional game in England will be further postponed until no earlier than the 30th of April. Now, the big thing in that is is the maintaining the integrity of each competition, and you know you've got to argue that if they if they did uh, you know finish it as it was, then the integrity has been compromised. The integrity for for Norwich, for us, and for Bournemouth, who all have a very good chance of staying up with these final games, and more so with us with, with our game in hand. Um, and you know Sheffield United are in the same boat because their game in hand is against us. Our game in hand is obviously against them. Um, and you know they're another team on the cusp of European football. So, you know, football's never seen anything like this. Really, it's it's unprecedented, and really, I don't think everyone will be happy with the final outcome. You know, my my preferred outcome is that they start next season with the two added teams in first and second in the championship and then subsequently increase the amount of relegation places to level it out over time. But then you've got four teams in the playoffs currently that will be sitting there thinking, we were two or three points away from second place. How is this fair? We've got 10 games left. So it's it's unfortunate. Obviously, it can't be helped, but nobody knows what's going to happen. And really, it's anyone's guess. Yeah, and I think that's really what it comes down to is it being any, anyone's guess at this point. I mean, you, you have all these, these pundits that I'm seeing and all these analysts that, that know way, way more about it than the three of us do, and they're talking about it, and they, they don't even have a clue how this is going to happen. Um, again, as I touched on, I, I think there are going to be clubs that are left in the cold, and I think that you even think about you know clubs maybe down in the League 1 or League 2 that don't have the best financial backing. Um, are the Premier League going to help them out in any way, or do they have to? Are they going to be forced to? Are they going to legally fo- be legally forced to? There, there's so many things to consider and I just don't think that putting a, a date on it is April 30th it's nice and I think it's a really nice thing to do to tell football supporters like hey this is what we're aiming at but I still think it's way too short sighted I think you know in terms of talking about a, a pandemic of this nature where it has the ability to get people you know sick and, and actually you know die is, is a serious thing that needs absolutely you know thought of in such a big worldscape that you know and it, it's weird we're on a football podcast and, and I have the opinion that you know football Football is not the end of the world, and I know to some people it is. Um, but we have to start thinking about things as a worldwide perspective. At, at least for me, not not so much just the certain cultures of what we do or what we don't do. For me, I think if this thing goes pa- past April thirtieth, so be it. If it goes past August thirtieth, so be it. But how they're going to have to figure out the stature of the league again? They want to maintain the integrity of the game, and you know you can't do that by just canceling the season. And any, another thing for for both you guys is anybody heard the opinion that Liverpool don't deserve to be crown champions? No, I, I personally no. I I haven't heard that opinion, but and I I I do think you know if a, a couple of weeks or the season if this happened a couple of weeks later, then Liverpool would have already sewn up the title and it would have been theirs. But it's just you know come at a wrong time for them, and I think in a way it's kind of come at a good time for us. Uh, you know, if the season does get avoided and we somehow stay up, I think it's it'll be a blessing. But uh, just taking it back to Villa, actually, in terms of the contacts. Uh, sorry, contract situations as well, because obviously if the season does begin as soon as April, uh, we're going to have players out of contract, uh, I, I, I believe, or, or maybe a month later, if, if it starts getting May, I believe we'll have, you know, quite a, quite a few players out of contract, Rainer going back to his home club and stuff. So, yeah, it just kind of, 
reinforces the fact that it's you know it's a mess and, and the transfer window opening again and the season I have to play through that and yeah there there is no way to do it and I'm I'm just glad I'm not the one making the decision. I mean, in regards to Rainer returning, I don't really care about that. Yeah, I'd, happy, yeah. I'd happily have uh, Oye and <laughs> Island in there, but um, you know, I, I'm I'm fairly certain that that Keenan Davis is out of contract in 15 weeks, um, which would probably mean that he's out of contract before the season's finished. But I would I would believe there'll be a period of grace for for contracts, um, and that they might be paid on um, you know kind of week to week basis until the season. Concludes and then and then players are let go or or renewed, um, but obviously these are as I've already said unprecedented times that we're living in at the moment, um, and I mean a month ago no one could could foresee a global pandemic shutting down you know what we consider normal life. This is a pretty unique perspective to have on this podcast. We've got a Welshman, an Englishman, and an American. Um, so moving it away from football for just a second, how are things where you are? You know, how are the anxieties and stress and the uncertainties, and how are you dealing with it personally? Is anyone in self isolation? And if so, what have you been doing in your spare time to pass the time? Harry, you can take this one first. I, I got a little bit to say on this topic. Yeah, I sure have. Um, yeah, I mean personally, and you know, I'm still, still, still being at work, but. Um, yeah, I mean, obviously in the UK it hasn't gone got to that point yet where everyone's got to stay inside and no one's allowed out like that. Like that, it's been happening in Italy. Um, but yeah, I think you know with all these uh, events cancelled and stuff, I, it hasn't really. You know, it's affected me uh, with with like Villa games. Well, obviously the football being cancelled and other events. Like I had a half marathon coming up at the end of the month, which I'm pretty annoyed about. But you know, I'm I think I might have to. Not much of a gamer myself, but I might have to get into football manager or, or something like that. <laughs> uh, whittle the hours away, but yeah, I, I'll, I'll bring it on to you, Mark. So I'm sure you've got you've got quite a lot. Yeah, it's I mean it's crazy time for everybody. I'm not saying that my situation's any different than anybody else's. So I'm in day six of being isolated right now. Uh, the place that I work at's a pretty massive corporate place, and uh, they shut us down for for two weeks just to start off. I don't know if it's actually going to only be two weeks or not. So kind of just been spending the time and uh, you know doing li- little projects around the house that I've, that I've been trying to get, find the time to do a lot of football manager, a lot of Xbox, things like that. Started playing guitar a little bit, had to quit playing guitar as seriously about three years ago. I have a very, very minor bone deficiency. So my, my fingers don't work as well as they used to, but, um, started picking that up again in slow spurts, try to get back into that. But as far as like the atmosphere around it over here in the U S it's, it's starting to get a little, it's starting to get a little dicey. Um, for me, it's, uh, it, it's tough seeing so many people they're, they're not adjusting very well to having to be told to stay inside and that's what's happening over here in america we're going through the whole self-isolation thing but you know you see you know people that are out and about and you know you can still go outside your house you can still walk around you you know the, the grocery stores are open if you need supplies and things like that but it's definitely strange man like I, i'm such a busybody. i've been i've been working since i was 14 years old so for me you know at 31 years old to have to be in the house and not really have many many productive things to do it's definitely a little tough um regan you're still working though right you're still you everything's pretty much all normal for you huh 
Yeah, everything's uh, everything's pretty normal. Um, I'm just washing my hands um, and antibacterial in my hands more often than than I'm used to. So my you know my, my hands are a bit like cracked and, and and dry. But other than that, yeah, everything's the same. Um, still going into work eight hours a day. Uh, there's been no discussion about working from home or anything like that. Um, the, the the big thing for me is that I'm catching public transport twice a day. Um, and obviously, uh, the, the the prime minister has turned around and said, you know, that try and avoid public transport. And you know, it would take me an hour and a half to walk to work. I could do it, but that, that's just the laziness. So, continued use of uh, the British buses. But um, yeah, other than that, you know, there's been obviously a lot of uh, you know panic buying and stuff like that. That the, the shelves everywhere are, are, are empty. Um, you know, it's very hard to get stuff like medical supplies, uh, food, and stuff like that. Um, but you know, it's it's pretty much life as normal until until something else changes. Really, Megan, I've got a question for you. Actually, um, are you um, are you still using your gym? Because I, I know quite a lot of people have, are starting to take uh, uh, kind of avoid like social. Um, or, or or just general like um, community places like that. Um, so yeah, I was just wondering what you're doing, like because I I haven't seen like in my gym. I I think I'm going to stop going now because uh, it seems like everyone else is else is going to stop. Um, so I went to the gym last last Tuesday, um, and and since then I haven't been. Um, I never really considered it at all last week. Um, there were just a few things that popped up that stopped me from going. Um, and then I, I play like badminton uh, regularly, like once a week. And, you know, we, we all decided collectively not to do that this Tuesday. Um, but, yeah, I've, I've not been to the gym. And I don't plan to go to the gym until, until you know, the, the, the warnings of... of you know, not going there have uh, have subdued, but I am aware that a lot of gyms are, are taking the precautions. You know, handing out um, antibacterial wipes and and things like that for those that are, are using the, the apparatus. But I don't think it's worth the risk. You know, I'm in I'm in regular contact with with my nan. She you know she has no underlying health issues, but she's she's creeping up to seventy. So you know you have to be careful um and and you know i work with people that are diabetic and their family that have copd or asthma or anything like that so i just rather try and reduce as much as possible where i can you know the the potential of picking something up and passing it on this is so crazy i feel like i'm the man in the future this is so nuts. Like n- none of that's going on here. Like you, you don't see people going to gyms. You don't see people, I mean, riding transportation. It's, it's basically, I mean, I'm, it may just be, you know, unique to me being in Pittsburgh, but as far as I know, it's, it's a ghost town out there. I mean, you have people still traveling and people are still doing what they absolutely have to do, but all non-essential businesses, anything that's like a gym or a social gathering, that, that shit is shut down. Yeah. Um, and, and, and maybe kind of just bringing it back to Villa, um, what what do we think of the uh, the Suso comments that um, he made uh, ab- ab- about the season? Shall I shall I read them out maybe, or have you got them there, Vegan? Or no, go for it. Okay, cool. Um, right. So Suso, obviously uh, the Villa um, sporting director. Um, yeah. He said. Um, 
If the peak of um, sorry, if the peak of the coronavirus is to occur in May, no one thinks of a competition in which players, coaches, health personnel of the club will continue to appear every day. There are clubs that do not see an option that the competition properly resumes on June the 30th. The most reasonable solution, if the league has to be stopped, is that there are no relegations. There is certain unam- un- unanimity that there should be no relegations. Um, and then Villa came in and said, uh, the views attributed to Mosta Garcia um, in the Spanish media are not those of Aston Villa, so uh, they're kind of distancing um, themselves from Gar- uh, from Suso, and I think um, that's just kind of Villa going, you know, we don't want to uh, nail ourselves to a, to a flag post at the minute. Um you know, as as with most clubs, they've got to be neutral. Uh, obviously, with the pundits, they can have a, an opinion, but with the with the clubs, I think they've just got to, you know, stay quiet and and, and respect what the what the FA has to say. Yeah, you know, it 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 sounds like a bit of a smack on the wrist by the club to uh, to Suso, and he was already in a bit of a hot seat, a bit of a precarious position at the club. Uh, you know, there's been reports saying that he, he was probably going to be sacked. Um, regardless of the outcome of the season, just because a number of his signings haven't materialised that the way that you know he, Dean, or or the club would have wanted, and obviously there's there've been uh, you know key injuries and things like that. But I, I don't think I don't think his comments will will mean that he's sacked you know sooner rather than later. But I do think he's gone in the summer. Um, Another another kind of Villa related thing, and I wrote about this last week, is it's it's very similar in, to the the Liverpool situation, and that's with the Aston Villa women. Obviously, they're they're sitting comfortable or fa- fairly comfortably at the at the top of the FA Women's Championship by six points. Uh, they've gone unbeaten for the entire season, and uh, you know it, it'd be so unfair to to not see them in the Women's Super League next season. You know, if, if there is a next season. Yeah, I don't. I don't know what's going to happen with with all this. I think you know that that goes into it as well because they're having such a fantastic season. I mean, me me and Regan have covered this thing pretty much as well as as you can. Um, and I, I just I there's been some remarkable moments, some remarkable wins. I I mean, you talk about just inside the club with the camaraderie and everything that's going on, the investment that was put into the Aston Villa women. It would be an absolute shame if something happened to where this unbeaten season was abandoned for them because they you know, like you said they still have fixtures to go but man I, I would be absolutely heartbroken for the girls if something happened and they weren't able they weren't able to see it out and then and you know do the due diligence of what they set out to do and ultimately get promoted to the super league yeah and i think as well you know that that game uh i think the crystal palace game i, I, I was booked to go to and I was, I was actually really looking forward to that uh more so than the men's even with uh you know the recent form of the women so yeah it is it will be a real shame if if you know they they, they aren't allowed promotion Absolutely, and the, the, you know, there's so many things that that are affected by by this you know global pandemic. But on a on a more local level, on a more villa level, you know, perhaps the most gut wrenching is is for Jack Grealish. Um, you know, you you've got to imagine the situation that Jack finds himself in and be a bit empathetic to the lad. He's been busting his hump all season to try and make you know. Villa survive in the Premier League and at the same time he's been motivated by trying to grab a hold of that England shirt ready for the Euros and you know for for large swathes of this season it seemed like Jack would be in serious contention to pull on an England shirt at a senior level for the very first time 
you know, it's it's at the moment both competitions have been delayed for the foreseeable future, and you know he's bound to be annoyed. He's bound to be upset. Um, you know, the 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 last game that Villa played could be the last game that he pl- he played in a Villa shirt. Um, but you know, it, it could be that it's not his Villa form that finds him in an England shirt. It could it could be any, any other club. But you've got to you've got to be empathetic to the to, to you know the Villa captain because the position he's in is 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 awful. Despite the fact that you know it's been caused by this global pandemic. Yeah, we've seen him say it three or four times since the season started that he has two things on his mind and it's keeping Villa up in the Premier League and it's pulling on an England shirt. So now you think that this craziness is going on within the world. Like I, I thought about it a couple times over the last couple of days. Like how exactly are you supposed to feel being Jack Grealish? You know, you, you've given your all for your boyhood club. Um, he, he leaves it all out there when he's out there. And yeah, sometimes it doesn't come off. Other times he looks like one of the best footballers in the entire country, but. For me, like that's got to be something that that's so demoralizing. But I'm hoping the character of Jack Grealish sees it through, and I'm hoping that this kind of stokes a little bit more of a fire in in the Jack, and it puts a, a little bit more of a weight on his shoulders in terms of hey, when, when it does get back, I'm I'm coming full force. I'm not holding anything back. You know, we we saw what happened when he had that that crazy uh, abdominal. Uh, injury in the championship and then he was out for a prolonged period of time he came back and it really kick-started that 10-game winning run for Villa to get promoted so uh, I'm not saying it's going to come back and he's going to have crazy form like that but I'm sure it's going to be on his mind whenever football does continue that hey they you know they, I, it almost got taken away from me once now it's got taken away from me again and I'm, I'm going to make sure it's not going to happen a third time and I mean for me I, I think just with the, the previous work of Jack Grealish I think that he comes back and he's just he's going to be a man on fire I really think so yeah, I'm totally with you there, Mark. I think, you know, it'll be great to see him back um, because, you know, the, the last couple of games, um, I remember we were talking, to, me and Regan talking about it after the Leicester game, you know, and he just he just hasn't been on form uh, recently and he looked, you know, if, if that's the way he ends his time at Philly, you know, the performances against Leicester and the performances against Man City and the in the League Cup final where he hasn't really been able to get involved, um, it'll just be sad, I think. Whatever happens, I'd love to see Jack Grealish given, you know, a great send-off. But, um, yeah, by the same token, uh, you've got Wesley, Tom Heaton, uh, and a bit more, you know, sooner to come back, uh, John McGinn. Uh, it's kind of been a positive to those guys because, for one, Heaton, you know, he was, uh, well, he might be in contention for Euro 2021 now. Um, and, you know, if Wesley can get fit, uh, a Wesley Samata Samata partnership, um, yeah, was it something maybe we'd all like to see? But yeah, it's just you know, it's just another another microcosm of the this virus. Yeah, um, obviously, there's there's so little to talk about in terms of of, of footballing news. So. We'll move away from it a little bit. Obviously, if there's anything you'd like to know, please send us questions um, via social media, and we'll record another podcast. You know, in in the not too distant future. But in terms of you know under a gaslit lamp news, uh, we've had test prints done for the the, the second volume of our magazine. Uh, obviously, we're still working on it. We had a print date of the end of the season, but we don't know when that's going to come. So we're probably going to say in a couple of months' time. 
um, you know, it's it's already filled with a, a lot of quality content, and we we really can't wait to get it into your hands. Um, you know, we've got interviews with with uh, Carlos Coelho, um, features on Tyrone Mings and Emma Follis, um, as well as so much more. It is looking great, and you know, I, I would say that you know, being you know the the creative force behind it, but at the same time, you know, I, I do believe it it is a significant improvement on the uh, the, the first volume. Um, you obviously can go over to our website at underagaslitlamp.com and click on the store button to or uh, pre-order your copy. And obviously, last season we shipped magazines all over the globe, and we're really looking forward to give Villa supporters far and wide, you know, a, a magazine to cherish and hopefully some entertainment should this this you know uh, isolation kind of phase continue. Yeah, I'm really excited to get this out to people. Regan sent me a, a couple of uh, pictures about how the magazine came out. Uh, again, it's just a test run, so things are going to change and whatnot. But the way it's put together, uh, the graphics in it, some of the content that's in it, it's it's absolutely outstanding if you're a Villa supporter. And this isn't us even really trying to sell a product as much as just to get this into the hands of those who supported us for so long. Uh, we're eternally grateful, especially through this uh, you know difficult time for everybody. Uh, we're, we're still getting likes. We're still getting reads. We're still getting listens. It means so, so much. And we know people are yearning for content it is difficult right now so we're trying our best um at the very same time this, this magazine is going to be something really special i can't wait to get it in the hands of all you guys yeah um you know something to give you something to give you your, your villa fix even though even if villa aren't playing and you know it's something uh, i'm i'm very excited to con- contribute to and uh yeah i'm sure you know if if it's if, if if it's better than the last one, then it, it you know it, it's going to be a good uh, a good one. So uh, yeah, looking forward to it. Absolutely. So obviously, amid amid this this whole uh, pandemic, Mark, your your trip, the your long awaited trip to to Villa Park has has been cancelled, unfortunately. Um, obviously, you were due to come to the the men's Crystal Palace game. Uh, the end of next month that's obviously been moved if the season does resume will likely be played behind closed doors um and you know there's the whole issue with flights and the closing of borders you know give us a bit more information about what's gone on there um from your perspective and you know what your plans are for the future uh, it's as the days go by i'm starting to calm down a little bit about it um i was pretty heartbroken last week when i started to get all the information i needed and realized that this thing was in serious danger um so I, again there, there's people all over the all over the world that, that are in a much worse position than me just taking a vacation basically but um it, it's not as bad as i thought it was um so i got a voucher through british airways for the flight the applications in so i'm just waiting to hear back from them to when the voucher can actually be used to and all that kind of stuff um i got the hotels that i was staying in through expedia so i can get that money refunded to me but they emailed everybody and said don't even bother trying to get a refund until at least seven days before you're supposed to check in or take off if you got a flight so um i'll I'll just wait around for that and everything um again i'm I'm incredibly heartbroken man like you gotta understand guys like me don't get to do stuff like this um just hardworking, blue collar you know 
dirt under my fingernails, just, just work all the time, main, maintain a, you know, a happy life, just like most people are. So for me, this was something I wanted so, so incredibly bad. I've been waiting almost 14 years to make this journey. It's never panned out for me financially or without, you know, with, with getting the time off of work that, that that's been the biggest hurdle for as long as I can remember. So yeah, a little bit emotional about it still, but, um, you know, it's for the better and, you know, things like this happen for a reason. And now, um, you know, a little bit of humor in it. Now I know when I finally lay eyes on Villa Park, I'm going to cry like a baby. Um, <laughs> I, I finally got it through my head, and that's that's pretty much where my emotions are at as as far as the trip. Um, I'm I'm really sad that I, I'm not coming over, you know, on on my terms to meet the people that I've talked to for for years now, and you know, maintain relationship with and and talk to them through personal things. And you know, it, it's not just you know I don't just jump on a podcast for a week. I'm constantly sending messages to people. I'm, I'm, I'm constantly talking and having interactions with people. So you know to make the plans and all that and everything it was going to be so awesome it was going to be the first time i was in a in a uh, foreign country by myself there's just so many things over and over and uh, again it's it's not me throwing a pity party for myself it's just saying you know i really really wanted this but in terms of moving forward with it i'm going to get there as fast as i can um again this is all going to come down to what work's going to give me as far as time off and it's not going to be easy so i don't know when it's going to be but i'm going to try to explain to the powers that be at my job that like, Hey, if I can get over there as fast as possible, that'd be really appreciated. So I don't know, Regan, I, I'm, I'm real bummed. Cause we, we kind of had that whole weekend, like planned out, like almost like to a T, you know? Yeah, absolutely. It is, it is a massive shame. And it was, you know, it was one of the first things I thought, like, it's almost like there's something trying to keep you away from, from Villa Park. Um, but you know, there's nothing we can really do. There's nothing you can do, especially. It'll happen when it when it's meant to happen, and I'm sure the experience will be, you know, tenfold that what it would have been just because you know you've you've had these barriers to overcome. Um, a little bit of fun before we close out the podcast to try and cheer up the uh, the listeners, ourselves, and and the t- the topic of conversation. So, to you both, if you could choose just one footballer, Villa or not, from any era to self isolate with, who would it be and why? Okay, um, right. I'm gonna go with uh, Jimmy Bullard. I reckon. I reckon he'll be a right laugh. Um, I've seen his kind of pranks on YouTube. Uh, there's one where I, I don't know why, but there's like I think he's in a bathtub and and he's getting wheeled about in a bathtub for some reason. Um, and yeah, just just generally, you know, he's a, he, he seems like a a good laugh. He, he might get on my nerves a bit, um, but yeah, I'd probably say Jimmy Bullard. And then if I had to go with the Villa player, um, probably John McGinn. Decent, decent, Mark. Uh, non-Villa player might get a little stick for this. I'm going peak Georgie best. I think if I had to be, I think he would, he would know some people to get us some, uh, some spirits over to the quarantine zone and we'd be all right and just drinking and BSing and telling stories and all that kind of stuff. As far as a Villa player, this one might, might take some people by, by a little bit of surprise for my opinion that I've had on him in the past. Alan Hutton. I think Alan Hutton would be a ball to just hang out with. He just pictured playing like FIFA with Alan Hutton, playing, you know, playing some card games or something. I don't know. I think he'd be a blast. Hmm. I can't think of a non-Villa player. I was thinking Paul Gascoigne just because, you know, fairly similar to to what you said uh, with with George Best. I think he'd 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 be a bit fun. He'd be it'd probably be more me laughing at him rather than anything else. Um, 
just just from what we've seen of his uh you know i'm sure he's got plenty of stories to tell um so i, I i'm quite sure it would be a relatively interesting time in in uh, isolation for for villa players um former obviously villa player mine would be jonathan codger i think he'd just uh, lift the spirits a bit uh, you know he'd he'd be dancing on his own in a corner somewhere and you know pulling faces and whatnot and yeah it'd, it'd definitely be one to to lift the spirits you sure he wouldn't be too selfish and try to eat all the food ha <laughs> <laughs> uh, well he certainly wouldn't be able to pass me anything over the table that's for sure <laughs> womp, womp, womp. Uh. <laughs> um but yeah on a serious note um Obviously, whilst this pandemic is very serious in nature, we'd like to extend our thanks to medical professionals from all over the world for how they're managing the coronavirus. Uh, Obviously, we can't say enough about the folks across the globe who are putting themselves in danger to try and manage this situation. Obviously, for, for all of those who suffer from anxiety or find themselves increasingly stressed in these hard times, our page, you know, at Villa Lamp on Twitter or or under us at Lamp on Facebook, and our personal pages, you know, you can go back to the start of the podcast to find those, are always open if you want to have a chat or get something off your chest, you know, trade footballing stories, videos or anything else. And it's important that everyone knows that they're not alone while self-isolating or being forced to be in the public for whatever reason. We at Under a Gaslit Lamp have always tried to maintain a virtue of togetherness with Aston Villa supporters, and that's exactly what this world needs more than ever. Um, a big, big thank you for, for tuning in during this whole uncertain period in in the world and, and in Villa's future. Um, as always, if you have enjoyed the podcast, please give us a, a comment, a, a like, a rating, a subscription, all that jazz. You can follow us on our personal social medias. You can follow us as Under a Gaslit Lamp, as a collective, on Twitter, at Villa Lamp, on Facebook, Under a Gaslit Lamp, and on Instagram, at Under a Gaslit Lamp. Um, thanks for listening, guys, and up the villa.